This is study 157 in what we uh, have uh, called wisdom. And this wisdom study has been going on for a little better than three years, I guess. And Jack is workman's interlinear that uh, he sent me a long while back before he passed away that has been a great help and a blessing to me, and I hope it has been for you also, that uh, these last seven epistles that Paul wrote to these people, and uh, there's a treasure trove of truth and grace in all these Epistles from the largest of them to the smallest. And a lot of different uh, things that have been brought up that Paul wanted these folks to know, and especially the ones here in Timothy. And we've been in Timothy a long time. But Paul had left... Timothy in Ephesus there and he left him there to make sure that these people were preaching what Paul was preaching or trying to keep them straight and Paul has realized evidently from some of the kickback to these things that some people were erring again, saying that, uh, you know, they weren't sticking to this new understanding of what the Lord had given to the Apostle Paul. And this is the reason he's writing back to Timothy. He's wanting Timothy and him to get together again. It was important to him, to Paul, because Paul had an understanding that his time was pretty short and uh, for whatever reason. But, uh, you, you know, I think Paul understood and saw better than we did about the fight that was going on between Satan and Christ. And uh, the understanding there that Paul had gotten uh, from these words of wisdom and, and brought it down into his knowledge that it could be used <clears throat> was something that was bearing heavily on his mind and his heart. And so to Timothy, he was trying to get every bit of information into Timothy that he could while he had the opportunity by the word. And so we're going to go back to 1 Timothy 6. And this uh, chapter here deals basically with, uh, with uh, false teachers and the things that goes along with uh, not teaching the word rightly divided. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Uh, and there's little areas there. We looked at verses 3 through 6 of being 
talking about the false teachers, teachers. And then 7 through 10 is the danger of getting involved in trying to get rich. And I don't think it's a sin to try to get rich. But it, it gets to be a sin or a, or a sinful thing if that's what you're doing it for, to dote on it. Uh, because you're not going to take it with you. And we, we've talked about that in the last few verses that we looked in. And so it's, it's, it's something that you're not going to take with you. You, you didn't come with anything you're going to leave. Uh, you're going to leave with the same thing. Nothing. Because you're giving your breath when you come into this world, when you come out into the, the world, when you leave the mother's womb, uh, I don't know where they still do a pat on the, the booty to get the, the child to start breathing or what. I, I have no idea, but. Not as I have seen. Anyway, it, uh, they get the breath, they get everything opened up and cleaned out to where the breath can happen. And then, in the end, the breath leaves you. And if you're a child of the God by adoption, or by whatever means that you became a believer, then uh, you have hope again. And without it, there is no hope. And all that's done through the Lord Jesus Christ because He has been given all this to take care of in the thousand years that is left when everything starts taking place toward the end time. So we're going to start today again with verse 9. And we're talking in verse... 9 and 10 about the riches that man can fall, the trap that he can fall into these riches and, and realize the danger of it because that can take you away from the real item and that's the hope of living again in the body of Christ. Okay. So I'm going to read verse 9 as it's written in the King James. And here we go. It said, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And he said in verse 8, that we went through last week a little bit, and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. So food and raiment, raiment, there is having the food that God had uh, put on this earth for us to partake of, and raiment is uh, the covering that we have. And I think when Adam and Eve was booted out of the Garden of Eden, God didn't make them shelter, but the stuff there 
was provisions that shelter could be had by the rocks and the wood and the different things that man could contrive to make himself a home or a den or whatever you like to call it. And so I'm going to read my notes here, and I'm, we're going to look at a couple of things as I read my notes too. And uh, <coughs> we don't have to go back but a little bit to get to this. And he says, but they that will to be rich, the desire is there that, and that desire can be in many forms, in many ways, and in many things. Desire can be for the love of a mate. It can be for many things that people consider to be a trophy to them. But (coughs) the realization is that those things can overtake you. And Satan will really put them in your path to make you have to walk through them or with them or around them. So, but they that desire to or will to be rich fall. Is that a 1 Timothy 3, 6 and 7? Read it. (coughs) Okay, let's go back a couple of pages. 1 Timothy 3. And I could say, well, it ain't been but a few weeks, but it's been maybe been a pretty good little while ago. We ain't getting too far. But let's look at let's look at uh, five, six, and seven, and read what it says there. <coughs> Excuse me. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care? Of the church or the assembly of God. Question. That was a question. In a parenthetical insertion. By the way. Not a novice. Less being lifted up. With pride. He fall into the condemnation of the devil. So you see Satan. This is one of the great things. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the root of it. Because the root of all evil. If you ever considered that little part of a verse of Scripture for uh, any time at all. If you're dealing with something that's the root of all evil. Now you think about what Satan has put out in our path. And I don't want to make this a sermon, but I just want, I just want you to get an understanding that Satan knows how to use these things in the very greatest of manner to thwart the Word of God if he can. He'll do anything and everything because this was his job 
from the beginning, after the enmity was put between the seed of him and the the seed of man, there was this thing about how are we going to get rid of the the Son of God. I want to take his place. That's what Satan is saying. I want to be like the Most High. That he fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which were without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So you see, in all this lusting after wealth, whatever the lust is, is the root of evil. You can make it anything in your life that you want. And oftentimes, it's not the will of God. And that is always there. It's always present and will be until all this changes. That is the war that's going on between God and Satan. And man has been involved in it. Just about every step of the way after he made Adam. So here we are. Is that a first Timothy three, five, six, and seven into temptation and a snare? The one mentioned, of course, is money or Riches and the snare has been baited or been set and baited by Satan. You can believe it or not. Satan will use every method to his ability to try to put down the Word of God and to move people's mind away from God to something that he would have them to look for. Okay. And also, not only this temptation and a snare, but it says, and into many foolish and hurtful or barbarous lusts, which... And here's another little note that I put in. The conviction of man has regard to what one is and not to what one has done. We go back to the which there. Drowned men. What is he saying here? When you drown the man, you cut off their oxygen supply in destruction. When man dies, he starts to disintegrate immediately. That's the reason we don't keep somebody out very long 
And if they're even if they're embalmed, they don't keep them out all that long. Because the disintegration starts immediately and the beauty of the man or the woman or what they possessed begins to fade quickly. I've never seen them open a casket that had been in the ground very long, but what that wasn't the case. So, the conviction of man has regard to what one is, not to what one has done. To drown men, meaning to cut off their oxygen supply in destruction, Satan is regarded as inflicting bodily suffering. And the Greek word for that is ulthros and perdition. So suffering and prediction kind of go together. And we've got to realize that Christ is the only one that can restore man to life again. And that's done through his name. Earthly beauty. Folks only go skin deep. And the grace can take that and who you were, and that is your identity or your soul. Who you were is your identity. We're different in the situation that we all have a lot of things the same, but our identity is important. And a lot of times when we see the word soul, you can change that to identity. We are who we are. And if you don't have that identity, you will perish. That word perish is mean that you will be no more. You have gone beyond the recall of God. To perish is a very, very hard word to get ironed out in your mind. To perish, to go beyond the recall of God is a harsh, very harsh, cruel thing to even think about. But listen to this. Through the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did and His finished work, all that can be restored again. Because when you give up that breath, the Lord gets what He needs to bring it back again. To bring not actually the breath, but the life. And generally, that life will not be in a ball of dust, but it will be in something that can be energized to the point that God can use you forever. Amen. Woo!
Amen. Think about that. He can use you forevermore. We'll not be a little speck of dust rolling around on this whole earth anymore. We can be that that has identity. God knows those that are His. Christ knows those that are His. And none will be lost that He knows. Because Christ said, I have kept all that Thou hast given me. Oh, mercy. Do we have hope? We certainly need to make sure of that. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's see what let's see what Brother Jack has to say about it. In his workman's interlinear, verse nine of chapter six out of the Koine Greek. Those and desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare and desires may be unwise and harmful which sink the man into destruction and perdition. So you see it's worded a little different <coughs> in the corner. But it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare and many unwise and harmful desires which sink men into destruction and perdition. And Jack says this in his notes. It is important to note the word desire. Desiring to be rich and coming to be rich may not be of the same genre. The desire is misplaced. The desire of man should be to please Christ, to please God. Amen. Colossians 1.10 This desire leads one to chart his course in wrong directions. Well, yeah. Okay, you know, we've, we've seen the little things that uh, the brother in, 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 uh, wrote in his little things and put it in Oscar's paper for all those years. There was a fork in the road. Which fork are you going to take? This is kind of what he's talking about. The desire leads one to chart his course the wrong direction. Satan can easily prey on the harm, on these harmful desires. Their loss could be the ultimate if their ship is not righted. Perdition is loss. Not necessarily loss of soul or identity. That is identity, he says. The destruction is the ultimate. And that's a reference to Revelation 2015. And it's not in the ones that uh, 
Brother Jack asked us to look up. So we've got four or five here that we need to look at according to this, uh, to this, uh, word. But let's, let's look at what we've got here. Let's go to, uh, there's five or six of these things and let's look at, uh, we can start in uh, Jeremiah 5. It would be the first one coming from the front of the book to the back. And uh, let me see if I can find Jeremiah first. Uh, 10.24 is what we're looking for. If you have a companion Bible. I got it marked out right. 10.24. Yeah, here we go. We're going to look at uh, Jeremiah 19 through 22, verse 5. 19 through 22 of Jeremiah 5. Okay. And it says this. And it shall come to pass when you shall say, Wherefore doth the Lord our God uh, all these things to us? Then shall thou answer them, Like as you have forsaken me and served strange gods in your land, so shall you serve strangers in a land that is not yours. Declare this in the house of Jacob and publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this old foolish people, and without understanding, which has eyes, and see not, and which have ears, and hear not, fear you not me, saith the Lord. Will you not tremble in my presence, which have placed the sands for the bounds of the sea by a perpetual degree, that it cannot pass it, and though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail? Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it. That's a pretty good piece of scripture to start with with our, with our stuff that we've got going on in, in our, uh, World of, of, uh, disdain here that, uh, we're involved in right now with, with our looking into our, uh, seeing what it's going to do to our continent here. I want to go to Matthew. I want to go to Matthew 6, 11 through 15. Matthew 6, 11 through 15 is on page 1320. And it's part of the Lord knowing the things you need of before you ask. 
And it says, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And uh, one more verse. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, you see, it's important to not have these problems because they can multiply on you also if you don't heed what the Word has said about them. Okay. Then we're going to go to Matthew 11. Then Matthew 11, page 1332, we're going to look at 11, 21 through 25. 11, 21 through 25. It says, Woe unto thee, Chosen, Woe unto the uh, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in the Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. So if you're if you're sent to do something, if you if you have been chosen for a work of God, it is necessary. I can't state that enough, and I think this part of Scripture here bores that out. That if you go and do the work that you're sent to do, God can provide you with the tools to do that work. He don't normally send someone out and not give them the benefits to do that that he wants done with. But see, part of it is yours. It's it's failure. Man fails many times on his parts to do these things. And that's what we need to learn and understand. Even if you're out looking for treasures, if you're out looking for money, if you're out looking to get rich and you're not doing the will of God, then you're not doing what God has sent you to do. It's pretty simple, isn't it, when you think about it? Okay, let's turn to Luke. The book of Luke. And we're going to look at Luke 12.
Luke 12 is a pretty good chapter, pretty good size chapter. Luke 12, we're going to look through 18 through 21 with this one. That's on page 1472 if you have a companion Bible. And 18 says this, and he said, this will I do. Talking about the man that uh, spoke in a parable of them saying, as a certain rich man, and he felt within himself that he had no room to be restore any more of his food. <coughs> so here's 18. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say unto my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be, which hath, which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself, and is not rich toward God? You see, he put his treasures in the wrong thing. And that happens a lot of times. And so you can see, when you talk about all this stuff, and you understand that the root of these things is, are coming from the evil one. And that root can spread out in many different directions and cause you a lot of hardships a lot of sorrows, many snares, a lot of woes. Okay, that was Luke. <coughs> Let's go to Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 8. I'll get there in just a minute. Let's see. We're going to look at 8.15 through 20. <coughs> and that's on page 15.96 if you have it. And it says, well, let's just go back to 14. It says, now when the, <coughs> excuse me, the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, whom when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Another parenthetical insertion. For as yet he was fallen, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, 
only they that were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. (coughs) And when Simeon saw that they laying on of the apostles' hands that the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, that he may receive the Holy Ghost. Peter straightened him out. And Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee because thou thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Oh man, did this ever go wrong. That was Acts 8, 15 through 20. We got one more. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1. First Corinthians 1. We're going to look at 25 through 28. read you before that I want to read you 23 and 24 said but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see, calling brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mightily, not many noble, are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So you see, God works and can work in the same realm but in different ways. And this is part of the war that goes on between God and Satan between the evil ones and the just that God uses. So, you see, the roots go out in many different directions. And so let's go back to 1 Timothy 6 for a minute. And... uh, Look at the next verse of Scripture. Verse 10. It goes right along with this. And then and then the, the picture kind of changes a little bit. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some converted 
after, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So if you don't understand that man desires to be rich, a lot of times it's famous, a lot of times it's many other things that he conjures up in his mind that he wants to set forth in his life to make himself something. Well, the best way to make yourself something is to say, God, I have read your word. I have believed your word. And I will send forth your word. That makes you something. Makes you something that no one else nowhere can get a hold of if he's not situated in that way. So verse 10 says this in my notes. For the love of money or riches is the root. It provides the many fruits listed in 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5. So let's just, we went a few pages back before. When we get into this, let's look at 2 Timothy 3. And look at 2 through 5. And we'll just look at 1 through 5 here. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breaker, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Do we have enough yet? Nope. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Oh, but listen to this. Having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. And he's telling Timothy, get out of there as quick as you can. Okay. Let's go back and look at the rest of this verse of Scripture. It provides many fruits <clears throat> listed in 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5. Of all evils. And that's a full stop. Because there's a lot of information there. 
that we're just not going to stop and look at each different word. If we did, we couldn't get through this in the next hour and a half. But it is <coughs> the root of all evils. Full stop. Which while some or certain ones or others covet after, they cover after, covet after the certain evil root. They have erred or were seduced from the faith and that faith there is pistis. The living divinely principle to believe in God. And pierce themselves through. And this thing, if you think about it for a minute, the piercing here is a thing that starts from without that we find in the world. We were born in sin. And so we have used it to pierce ourselves. through starts from from without and tears through to go out again it goes completely through you with many sorrows it says and if you get pierced through Folks, you'll never outlive the scar. It'll always be there. That sorrow will be with you in your body for the rest of time. To be pierced through. That's what a sword does. And I said for years and years, a sword is nothing but a killing tool. But whether it kills you or not, it generally always leaves the scar. But the Holy Ghost can enter into your life. And the Holy Ghost doesn't leave a scar. But it leaves the element of God that can be seen by everybody in you. Cannot be denied if you use it in the way that it ought to be used. I was looking through some stuff yesterday in my cleaning out a bunch of stuff that I had that I was going to discard. And I found a couple of tapes. And I said, well, I wonder if they'll play. It's been years and years since I heard these from Brother Larry, Lori's dad. And I dropped them in my player, sat down, and it was just like it was 35, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. 
And I listened to them and I couldn't turn them off. Simply because the sermons that I was hearing was what I heard when the Holy Ghost came to dwell in my life. And I haven't heard sermons like that since, to be quite honest with you. I've heard a lot of good stuff. And I heard a lot of good things through the Word of God. And I and I appreciate them all. But to sit there and listen and to think of the time that went into the wisdom that was given in these tapes made me say, oh man, I got to do more study. Got to do more study. Got to do more study. Okay. Let's go back. I'm running out of time, I know. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 8. Uh, looking at page 375. 927 for reference. 375. We'll get there in a minute. I think I've got it marked. Yeah. First Samuel. Eight, we're going to look at one through seven. And it came to pass when Samuel was old (coughs) that he made his son judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abihai. And they were judges in Beersheba. And his son walked, and his sons walked not in his ways, that is in Samuel's ways, and turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgments. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, (coughs) and came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old. And thy sons walk not in thy way. Now, make us a king to judge us as like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So he's, he's telling Samuel like it is. It ain't you they hate. <laughs> yeah, it ain't you they hate. It's me that they hate. Gee, you wouldn't want something like that on your conscience, would you? <coughs> Let's turn to Psalms 40. And that's on 757. <coughs> Psalms 40 says this. 
We're going to look at 13. We're going to look at 13 through 17. <coughs> Excuse me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backwards and put to shame that wish me evil. Uh, Where's the next page? Here we go. That, them, that verse seems to be a little problem for those that think uh, a soul can't be destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame and say unto me, Ah, ah! Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy yet. The Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my helper, or my help and my deliverer. Make no tarry. Oh my God, a psalm of David. Okay. We're going to go to John, the book of John. 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm glad it wasn't chapter 11. I have a problem with that. 14. John 14, 12. Through eight, uh, 12 through 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, and if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the Word cannot receive because it Seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall he be in you, and I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was something that, uh, very powerful. And then let's go to Titus. Let's go by Second Timothy and come to the book of Titus. I'm going to look at chapter 1, 10 through 13. We'll be done for the day.
Titus 1, 10 through 13. For they are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake or money. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, saith, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. This witness is true, whereof rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. So here we are, talking about truth and those that turn from the truth. And I wanted to get to another verse, but I spent a lot of my time talking and didn't get it done. But we'll get to the next verse going on. And verse 11 through 14, I'll just give you a heads up. is the charge of Timothy in reality to keep the faith. And Paul is bearing down on Timothy in these next few verses of Scripture. For Timothy to keep the faith. He's not been with him now for a while. And he's hoping to, he's hoping to be with him. Again, before he's not here anymore. (coughs) I think that's something that maybe Paul don't know right yet. But he's pretty certain of it. And so therefore, (coughs) it's understood of Paul that Timothy is going to take the mantle. And he's going to take the truth of God and he's going to carry it on that it will not die, but that this truth concerning the will of the Father be done and that he is going to be charged with the very good work of continuing on this truth rightly divided. And it's important. It was important then, and it's even more important today that we do the same thing. Well, God bless you. Uh, I'd love to have you with us these nights. and Pray for those that are in Florida with the water that's in the wind that's getting them down and out. And that they will be taken care of by the hand of God. Love you all. Amen.